0: It's a very interesting subject, personality and spirituality. To start with, uh, it's not like spirituality is something else and personality is something else. Just as Mother said, spirituality is something else and matter is something else. It's, it's a single continuum. So we, don't, we need not see it as uh, two different realities, but uh, outflowing of a single reality, as we shall see. Essentially, I think by now, with the background, I don't know in the morning, I'm sure we must be aware that we have at least three personalities, or rather four or five personalities, but the fourth and fifth one, I'll speak about it later. The first, of course, is the one we are most accustomed with, and that is the frontal personality, our outer personality, how a person looks, how a person speaks, how a person sits, acts, behaves, etc., etc., And this question has been answered way back in the Gita, that this is not really the real man. Because When Krishna is asked by Arjuna, tell me, how does he speak, how does he sit, how does he behave? And Sri Krishna refuses to give any yardstick. He says, there are no outward signs of somebody who is in a state of union with the divine or even with the higher consciousness. You cannot. Sometimes, in fact, it can be very misleading. But that's a different story altogether. Let's talk of leading things, not <laughs> misleading things. So, outer personality, but that's what we come in contact with. And especially when we meet a person only for external reasons. We may work with the person day in and day out and still uh, may know nothing more than the outer personality. You know, there are several instances. Once, um, I remember, um, I just come to Pondicherry and I read a news that Somebody in the ashram had, you know, committed suicide and uh, all the people were telling me, all the people, those who knew, they said, oh, she was such a nice person, she was, uh, she never used to raise a voice, very quiet, very quiet, so I asked them, don't you know that behind the quiet exterior, there may be a whole storm brewing inside, we are not aware of that, we normally go by the exterior. So if somebody is very quiet, he is a very good person. If somebody asks too many questions, is very naughty outwardly, we say, oh, he is, he asks too many questions. But this person may be more, rebels sometimes has greater possibilities than somebody who is quietly accepting, you know, all the things of life. But we draw these conclusions based on our mindset. It's a personality which is formed out of clay, mud. But it's something more predictable, easy to handle. We like it because we can more or less predict. This is mostly about the external demeanor of a person. And very often we form our judgments based on that. Quite naturally when we go deeper we discover this is not the real person at all. There is behind this outer personality, an inner being, it's a world in itself. It's a world constantly in flux. Outer personality is something more fixed, more or less rigid, because it's fixed by the habitual patterns, grooves through which nature moves. Let's say that a person gets up in the morning, from childhood he has a habit, gets up in the morning, and does his, uh, takes his bath, then does some mantras, does some puja, then has his breakfast. Now, you know, it's a good habit. Parents have inculcated into the child in India, many homes, old timers, people inculcated this habit. But to draw a conclusion from this that the person is deeply spiritual may be very fallacious. The person may be every day visiting a religious shrine and we draw a conclusion, oh, he is a very religious person, every day he goes to the temple. And Shurabinder has a very interesting remark once casually, he says, don't you know many asuras are very religious? One may go to the temple every day but may not be truly religious because there is a whole inner world which we are not aware. You know, one goes to God and there also one is thinking of oneself. Ah, give me this, give me that. Mother says many times people treat a sage like a, you know, genie. Put a penny inside and get an answer. Indeed, that's how we do it. Or like a slave, who should be at at my ego's disposal. But there is other movements also going on inside the inner being of which we are not aware at all. You know that famous story of two people, two friends, they were going in the evening for a walk and one, you know, they part ways and one says, look, you know, it's my time to sit in the bar and have some drinks, spend some easy time with my friends. And the other says, well, it's my time for the Sandhya Arati and I must go to the temple. So both go there to their respective places and it so happens that something happens, weird things like lightning strikes and both die. Okay, So both go to the Pali gates and the man who was in the bar, he is told, please sir, there is a seat reserved for you in heaven. So his other friend sees that every day evening this fellow, I know his habits, surely there is a mistake. And But then he says maybe God is very compassionate too. He gives heaven to everybody. But then this fellow goes, he says, uh, you, well, you know, out there, you see, that doorway to hell. What, sir? Please, I'm sure you're mistaken. Check your computer. He says, no, our computers are never wrong. No viruses get affected here. (laughs) So he says, can you give me a reason? He says, yeah, very simple. He used to go every day in the bar, and every day he was thinking, my life is so miserable. I wish I could be like my other friend, go pray to God and think of him and see how beautiful he is, whereas you fellow, you used to sit in the temple and think, oh my friend is enjoying, I can't even enjoy like him. (laughs) There was another, uh, even more uh, beautiful story because it's more practical, you know what happens, Um, again of a saint in this uh, rather well known story, perhaps but worth remembering again and again of a, a sadhu so called holy man. We are so enamored of, uh, you know, Girva Vastra. So he sits uh, every day and in front of the place where he sits there is a, you know, a lady with, you know, who sleeps with many men and every day he sees her and says, chi, 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 chi. so bad, so bad, so bad. Horrible lady, oh, what has happened? Kalyug has come. Very bad. Such women. Look at it. And then again both go, and this lady gets a heavenly birth, whereas this man is asked to go to hell. And he says, there is no justice, Says, no, God's way of justice is very different. So what justice is there, what merit has she done, and what is my papa that you are sending me? Haven't I led a life very holy? He says, what holy? You are only sitting wearing a dress, but all the time thinking of her evil. So you were meditating not on the divine but on uh, this lady. Probably secretly enjoying and wishing that you wish but your rope was stopping you. Okay, but what about this lady? Every day she would pray to me that what is my life, miserable life. I have to do this for a livelihood. But there is only one way I can go through this horror is to see you in everyone. So she has got a seat because... She lived in oneness, whereas you lived in division. So this inner world we, we are not aware. Even when people live close together, they may not share. I mean, unless you really live for many years, yes. But even then, there are surprises. People get surprises. So there is this inner being where we have the our our, our inner world of thoughts. Thought itself is many-layered inner world of feelings. All kinds of feelings that jostle for a space, all kinds of experiences, outer experiences that that build our inner being, shock and good things and bad things, all kinds of things. Of course, good and bad is the way we evaluate, but what we ordinarily you know, look at it. They are, they shape our inner being and this continues through lives. And this is little bit, if you may use the word real man, Though this too is not the real man, this is... At least closer to our inner being, our inner truth, and if we can discover it, that's in fact the first step towards, you know, going inwardly is to discover this part in us, this inner personality in us, which is very different from whatever exterior is. And as psychologists, people are often um, when they first encounter, when people come and bring out their inner being, they have to because there's no choice left. So, you know, one, one wonders that, look, you know, how, what an exterior can, exterior can be so much, can belie surfaces, we should not judge by appearances, this is a basic truth in science or uh, spirituality or psychology. But this is a personality which is not formed, it is in flux, that is the advantage. And therefore it is something which is constantly changing based on experience of nature, all the forces are moving inside. And outside, through and through and they are slowly creating something more fixed, more durable. But there is behind it, what we may say is the true personality. True personality is nothing but a projection of the soul within, the the one person. The true person. The one person of course is the one person. (laughs) And all others are nothing but some aspect of his personality. So this is the true person within us and this personality is normally not accessible even to us, leave aside others. We are not conversant with this. But there are seers who can see it and with some kind of yoga, practice of interiorization, above all by the touch of grace. Moving along a path, we become more and more aware of this true personality inside us. And then we see that there is sometimes such a contrast. Sometimes they are aligned. Sometimes we see a contrast. The true person and the true personality may be very different. It is something that endures death and rebirth. It's something which which goes with us, carries on, unlike the personality of the moment, which goes away with one life so often when people talk about survival after rebirth it's not this personality outer personality and even inner being which is being shaped but there is a true personality which survives and grows and gathers strength initially it's like a bud which opens with the contact with the higher and higher realities with the touch of grace and the beauty is the divine sees that that's why it's so difficult to understand the ways of the divine because we see the moment's personality, but the divine sees that. When mother was asked that, oh, such and such a person, how come you are tolerating him? Mother said, mother says that if I were to go by that criteria, in fact she says if if divine were to ever even for one moment perceive life the way human beings do, there will be no creation at all. Just finish it. But we see it like that. So what do you see? She says, my child I always look upwards towards beauty, towards truth, towards light, towards love, towards the divine possibilities. And my effort is to bring it out. But this is this is the task actually of anyone who takes counseling seriously in the true light in the light of the uh, yoga task is to discover that part which is most beautiful and to bring it out. It's a long work, but it's worth the trouble. So this is the true personality and similarly just as there is the personality, there is also the person. Personality is a mask. So there is an ego person whom we confuse to be the true person. And if we see much of our Issues of life, much of the problem we feel is because, faces because of this false identification. We decide, or rather from childhood, somebody decides for us that you are this. Which we are not. And half our life we are proving, trying to prove that. And then we are fixed into that. You know, I have seen people get so hurt. And I have often wondered why. Just because you misspell their name. Tell their name in a certain way. No, it's not like this. This is the pronunciation. We don't even know the true name. True name resides with the true person. That's what when when we go to a master, master gives us our name. What does that mean? That means that that is the quality which the true person within us will manifest. It doesn't mean that oh, this person already is that. But by dwelling upon that, that name itself becomes like a mantra because you know we dwell upon that and that itself opens a door because everybody starts saying oh you are you know so such beautiful names mother gave for instance Champaklalji had his name from childhood as Champaklalji and Shagunda says your name is perfectly fine you don't need a new name but to someone else you know like he gave the name Navajat look at you know how over a period of time this very idea that I am Navajat I am newborn child of the mother this is the true name, not Keshav Dev Poddar. That's a very fine name given by you know outside. How these people began to Amal Kiran, K D Setna. He has made so much fun of his name. But Amal Kiran, the pure ray. So there is within us this true person, which is veiled by the ego, and there is within us the true personality, which is veiled by the Outer personality, or we may put it in another way, that the outer personality is a distorted shadow of the true personality. All the time, this truth of our being is trying to express itself, and the task of parents and educators and counselors or whoever is to help bringing out this true personality. Actually, of everybody, but it's very difficult. We, in fact, create a mess. That famous story where there was a monastery where people discovered that slowly within the monastery there was infighting and slowly, you know, people's the wealth came down, money came down, everything started going into shambles. So they didn't know what is the cause. So they called the chief abbot, and he said, okay, only four monks were left. He said, okay, I'll talk to each of you separately. So he talks to each of them separately and says don't discuss it with the other person. So then he goes away and slowly they discovered that something he did that everything started building up again. So resources started coming, people started coming, the place began to flourish. So then they asked what really did he do? What is the magic that he did? He said no nothing else, he called each one of us and said look. I can share with you a secret. Acha? what is the secret? He said, the secret is that one among you is Christ. Now you know there is a problem because he didn't say who is Christ. He said, one among you is Christ. Now they don't want to do something to somebody who is actually, you know, Christ. That must be. Yeah? So they started dealing with each other as if they are embodiment of Christ. And slowly their whole nature changed. Now this is a very simple thing. You know one of the exercises in spirituality. Often people ask. You know what should we do? What should we do? Now by what should we do? We believe the only thing to do is to sit cross-legged in a certain kind of meditation. Posture and concentrate on this particular center. All that is fine. But there is a simpler way. And the simpler way is to deal with this creation. That it is a manifestation of the divine. To see the divine in all, as Sri says, one of the greatest mantras, methods, the divine is in us, within all, all is in the divine and he goes one step further, all is the divine, it's there in the Isha Prisha, everything is an expression of the divine, the divine in the past and the divine of the future. Mother says very beautifully, he says, when I say, O oh Lord, she says, what do I mean? Says, I invoke the divine of the future. These is the divine of the past. His time is over. He is playing with himself, there is no second. So he is winding up. You know, in India there is the conception of Chinnumastha, the mother goddess who cuts her own head. It's her own body, she removes it. So that a new body can come. Sati goes into the fire so that Parvati may come. They're all indicative. The divine destroys. we get stuck to the past, whereas divine is ever moving towards the future. So we can encourage it by not giving a fixed form to people. Whether it be in our thoughts or discussions, you know, um, these mindsets and how harmful they can be. You know, recently, uh, just I think few days back, generally, because of certain background, certain past, say within the Indian context, People have formed a certain mindset about a certain community. World over, this is because, you know, there are certain events and things which have happened. But we were so surprised as recent as two days back when we, have, we had in India 100 Maulanas writing a letter to UN that Hafiz Saeed is a terrorist. And, you know, he's not doing a good job. Now, this is something very interesting that something from deep within came out. Like the angst of a nation, like Mother India spoke through 100 of her many children, countless children. Now, this is the beauty that everything is moving towards future. And what we see today, as someone has said very beautifully, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. But we have this tendency that saints are born, ready-made, showpiece products... <laughs> At one place, Sri with his character aphorism even goes on to say saint is someone who cherishes his sins in secret. So true. The impressions don't go away so soon. They are there, you know, in the subjective being. And it's a long yoga. Only the yoga of transformation you can see all this going away. So how does this, uh, how do then help in development of this true being. This is the whole secret. First to recognize ourselves as the true person, which means don't, not to get too much attached to this ego personality, ego personality is only an instrument. If I am today given a certain position where I sit maybe as a doctor or whatever, it's only an instrumental instrumentality through which the divine light, grace, peace can work. But tomorrow it may be something else, this is one of the first lessons in the ashram life. You know how Rishabh Chanji when he came here, and you know he was—I uh, uh, think I am remembering him seeing Rameshi and so happy to see you after such a long time, <laughs> suddenly, you know. And you know how he—he he, when he came to Ashram, he was given the task of uh, uh, furniture department, and he was very happy. Whatever, time, great, you know, read his books. What a wonderful mind! Really, a true intellectual in the true sense of the word. So he's very happy, writes a letter to the mother, I am so surrendered to you, I am so happy. Whatever work you give me, furniture department is given, so he's very happy about it. Written a letter to give it next day. And next day the first task is, kill the bed bugs which are inside the bug, <laughs> bed. <laughs> he's a jain, how can you do that? So he keeps that letter aside, writes another letter to Shrivindu. that mother does not know probably that I'm a jain and I'm not supposed to kill so, Shivindra writes back, he says that whatever work mother gives you is meant for your progress, take it in that spirit and do it. Now, this is the verdict. So beautifully described, went on to what heights of yoga, I mean. So, this is a moment's personality. I am this, I am that, all the time we are glued to that. How about I am nothing? This is a very nice line is. Consent to be nothing, that thou mayest be all. Annul thyself, that only God may be. Consent to be nothing. This is, of course, a passage. It's a powerful experience when the lid is blown off and all that you called as yourself gone to the winds. But even without going into such deeper states of yoga, which above all come by grace or through long adverse sadha in fact the two together but what we can do is to nourish at least this true person and not to be too attached to the outer personality sometimes when, say we go to the ashram with the doctor, Nirodha he was asked to look after the timber go down and people told him that look uh, it's not fair what is happening to you you, you should be, you are a trained doctor from England in medicine, and you are looking after Timber Go Down, surely God is very unfair. <laughs> and then he also started feeling that he is not doing good. So he wrote to shobindo he said, on the contrary, your coming to tim- Timber Go Down has helped a lot in the work. It was all a means to get rid of this ego-bound personality, eventually he did become a doctor. But that thing that I am a foreign returned doctor. I am this surname, I am this degree, I am this gender, all these, when children went to mother about problem, man and woman and boy and girl, I said, why can't you people forget for a moment that you are a boy and you are a girl, so amazing, all these are momentary personalities which have a purpose of being an instrumental part of nature. But then what about true identity? The true person is deep within. And the true personality, it is an expression of who we really are and who we truly are is an aspect, a power, a portion of the divine. And that aspect, that quality must manifest in our life. That is what the Gita speaks of as Sradharma and Subhava, what is our true nature It's deep within. And one of the work is to align ourselves to this true nature. Now, this is happening in today's times because of the action of the new consciousness. But sometime back, we had no choice, no say in the matter. When I was growing up, there were just four professions you had to take. Either become a doctor or engineer or become a uh, IAS, in fact three, good government job. That's it. Don't think of anything else, you know. So when they asked me what do you want to become, I said I want to become a poet. So my parents got very nervous, called a horoscope person and showed my astrological chart that looked this fellow. I said, Why are you called this man? No, 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 beta. if you become a poet, how you will feed yourself? I said, good question. I never thought of it. But I'm sure poets they live their life. I mean, kids died young, but most of them have lived old enough. Surely there must be ways. But the thing is that, you know, we cannot imagine beyond that, so much has to fall off. And then we get stuck to that, how if our true personality is of being a poet, that's the way that the evolutionary power wants to express in, you know, through us. So one of the big challenges is, as I said, the inner being and the outer personality are not in tune. Either because the situation, circumstances or the environment forces or call it whatever cosmic nature. Or because we have to go through that, the deepest wisdom so that this angst may burst forth various things. And what is worse is we regard it as final and plunge very often into action. It's very dangerous, you know, it's like egg and chick, I use this analogy. Very often people, you know, become activists and based on a moment's personality, they don't understand that, you know, it is still a half-baked egg. If you go into the world, you'll just be eaten. Of course, chicken may also be eaten, but at least it'll be a highly priced stuff and with high protein, right? So, one allow this egg inside to form, into develop into something beautiful and true, what we truly are. This grows the inner the true person by the touch of these. This needs food, just as the outer personality needs food. So people are reading books to develop themselves, they, there are a lot of self-help techniques. So it's like we are giving inputs. Similarly, there is a food, the psychic food not available in any stores. Of course, there is, I mean, a place like Sakar has a lot of psychic food available here. <laughs> psychic food. And uh, there are of course like formula food, there are also formula psychic foods, we must avoid it. Formula psychic food is three steps to Nirvana, 12 day crash course in becoming a yogi. That's uh, formula food, not the original. Original food is mother's milk, when Divine Mother herself feeds you. But the problem with that is we have to become like a child. As long as we carry the illusion of the moments, personality, I am this and that, you know the famous story when Singapore president went to Mother, he was standing in the queue, Mr. Nayer, and you know he was looking here and there and he said, what shall I tell her, people have told she's a great lady, yeah, looks like, and all these thoughts, usual. You know, he's a president, he can't forget he's a president, though he's, so he is going with all this, he said, maybe when I see her, I'll tell her, good job, you're a great lady, you're doing good work, you know, he saw all the cleanliness and everything, he was impressed. Maybe because he's a president, he must say something dignified and all this. <laughs> he says I went before her, I forgot everything, I forgot who I am, what I have come for, what I have to say, and next moment she's lying on her lap. <laughs> he says, when he came back to normal stage she walked like a zombie, he didn't know. She faced everything, gone. You're none of these things. You're nothing. So beautiful to be nothing. We are so scared to be nothing. So beautiful to feel the helplessness of a baby, going once again back to the womb of light. We have been born from the womb of darkness. Children of Diti must become children of Aditi. To be newborn, like a babe in the arms of the divine, then becomes the real journey, the coming out of the true person, the blossoming of the true personality with the food of faith. True faith. So this is the way and the more we do it and of course the aspiration which feeds must feed this fire. Then a time comes when this bud begins to open up. Step by step. Very often I hear this good advice. Of course I haven't received this advice because I didn't want to take anybody's advice and it was very good because then mother is everything and she gives the but you know people often give good advice good advice is oh you must think positive of course everybody knows this this is not even two pence worth you think somebody doesn't know it's very irritating when somebody says think positive of course the problem is how to think positive that's where the catch lies oh you must love everybody very good how to love everybody when I can't stand my next door neighbor That is the catch. Well, as long as we are in outer personality, we cannot. We have to step into another room, another chamber. We have to bring out the secret soul within us. Then things will be set right. As they say, set the center right, then everything will be set right. But if we don't set the center right, then we only manipulate the surface. So we have personality courses where we are taught body language, this and that. In fact, that takes me to the fourth and fifth personality of which we didn't speak. I use the word for it, it's the ghost of our personality. The fourth personality is when we assess people based on their dress. If somebody is wearing tight jeans and a tight top, one is a loose person, especially if it's a woman. I discovered it very, you know, how the divine teaches you that in one of the My friend's party, he had started living in. So it was a new thing for us as young doctors. Living in, my God. Oh, he has broken a tradition. So we were secretly attracted to it at the same time, you know, deep inside a question What is this living in stuff? And so, sure enough, he walked in with this lady, all modern, happy, and you know, good, nice. But anyway, it's good. Non judgmental AFMC, you know, we grew up like that. But at the same time, we couldn't comprehend. After two days I got a call and you know he tells me, my wife wants to speak to you something very urgent. So I was thinking there is nothing common actually, I don't think there is anything common but anyway maybe some crisis, some psychological crisis and I went to her place. She was mad in love with Krishna and this was a problem so full of bhakti. She didn't know how to express it and says nobody seems to understand. And this is not that moment. Over years, I've seen that yes, she has such bhakti inside her. See, how, no, but most of us this is a ghost of a personality based on external dress. But there is still worse: another ghost when people have neither met anyone nor interacted, but they formed an image in their. Often an image created by discussion, coffee table discussion of other. Oh, that person, you know, I'll tell you. As they say, gossip. And that's why mother in the ashram context used to say very clearly, do not gossip. If you have nothing good to say about a person, do not speak. This silence is faithfulness to the divine. Why? Because we are creating, a perpetuating the work of falsehood. It's not true, it's false. Even if there is something true in it, it is still false because it is has just a shadows. You know when fire is there, there is some smoke here and there, it is that smoke we catch, not the inner fire which only the divine knows. So this is the fourth and fifth personality which doesn't exist except in people's head. If you encounter people having this personality of yours, ours, be happy, because then you remain safe. It's always good to keep people nearby who criticize you. The wonderful people. There's a very nice couplet in, I think, Guru Granth Sahib, so I'll say in... says kare burahi apni, so dost hamara hoi, aap jai narak mein paap hamare dhoi. It's, I'll repeat in English, <laughs> he who criticizes us, he's a friend. Why? Because in place of us, he goes to hell and washes the stains of our... <laughs> you know, there was a saint who went to a city. City, no small village. City life with that, saints have gone away. Because now is the age for supermen. We don't, won't have saints and sages. They were old world peaks. But even those peaks will go away. Something new will come. So, village. So the saint went and one person said, Sir, I don't know about spirituality and other things. I am filled with so much headache. All the time my head is aching. All the time it is aching. He said, you know, did you do something which was, you know, like that, something terrible? Yes, I remember. Since that time, when I did something I shouldn't have done, unspeakable something, my head is filled with, full of aches. Don't don't worry. worry. It'll be alright. He asked this question to this man in front of few persons. He went away. After five years, he came back and he asked him, so how are you doing? He What magic you did, sir. My headache is completely vanished. But it seems this disease like a contagion has spread in others. (laughs) He says, yes, that was the logic behind it. Your headache vanished because people started, oh, he's a sinner, he's that fellow, you know, the saint had pointed out. So everybody took a little, little of your headache and now you don't even feel it. But everybody has a little bit of that. So this ghost of a personality is important because though it's not our, it has nothing to do with us, still it influences us. It should not influence us. Very often people get influenced when they hear, so and so has said like this about you, very good, good for him, good for me, what does it matter? People who are self-sure about themselves will never get affected. It's alright. People say, is there work? They are busy, jobless. People talk about others. People with a job talk about work. People who are seers, they talk about great ideas. So it's alright. People want to indulge, But this is an impact. So this is the process of this seed within. The true divine seed. That must blossom. This is the process. We should not ask others what am I like, or look for positive reinforcement. No. Positive or negative, who can evaluate? One of the first things that we learn in spiritual life is, that Mother says that, don't be carried away by human opinions. He says, if you are still carried away by human opinions and social ideas, you are not ready even to step, take the first step on the spiritual life. That's all. If you are still governed by social ideas, you are not ready even to take the first step on spiritual life. So rest is a far cry. So why should we allow these forces to mould and mould? They cannot mould, they only you know, fill us with poison or like coat of paint over the exterior. Rather we should keep feeding the psychic flame. And somebody says something good about us, offer it to the flame. Your glory. Somebody says something bad about us, Pass on to the psychic flame. Mother, this too is yours. If there is something in me which is not good, well, please correct it. If there is something good, it's nothing to do with me. Mother gives this example. She says when she was a child, she says uh, when somebody would say something bad about me, I would look at it clearly and if I felt there is some truth in it, I was happy that oh I have discovered some discovery sometimes we don't know and somebody says something for instance that you know you speak very loudly you are very harsh maybe it's a good idea to look inside and see maybe unknowingly unwittingly I am speaking harshly and maybe I can so you are happy because you made a discovery and then she says equally that well if somebody says something uh, which is not true which is a criticism then again be happy because well it's not true but take a look, either ways you will discover something and you will be happy. So from spiritual point of view there are various attitudes also related to ourselves and related to others. We find it beautifully in the mother's symbol. We all know mother's symbol as you know inner four, central circle, then inner four and four outward, uh, twelve outward petals. Now these twelve outward petals are qualities. And the beauty is in that there are eight qualities which are we should have towards the divine and there are four we should have towards human beings. Very interesting. Equality towards others. Gratitude towards the divine. Humility before the divine. The qualities we should have towards the divine and qualities towards the world. So this, once we inculcate these attitudes, but how to do it again? This symbol must be reproduced inside us. Otherwise, it's meaningless. You know, people wear symbols on locket chains. People even stick in front of their scooter. I mean, it's not a, for God's sake, it's not a horseshoe. It's something so powerful, so beautiful.
1: I mean, one can wear, I I like to
0: wear it as a ring, but that's a different thing. It has to be reproduced inside. Then, otherwise it becomes a meaningless ticket. Shravindra used the word, a symbol, becomes a meaningless ticket if it does not reproduce the reality that it contains within us. So what is the reality? At the center it should not be my ego, but the divine. First lesson. That means I am nothing, nobody. It's the divine also. And at the center of everybody and this whole creation is divine. Just meditating on this itself is very liberating. And then there's the working of these four great powers at different levels, and she gave it so beautifully. For the mind, knowledge. For the heart, love. For the vital, power, and for the physical beauty.
1: So personality
0: from a spiritual perspective must develop in all its shapes. It's not enough that only I am top-heavy with you know mind seeking after knowledge, and the heart becomes dry. They are, you are know, great philosophers but it's difficult to stay in their company for long. They get so boring people and mother speaks of it oh, they are boring people scholars, they can become so boring because it's all here. But knowledge cannot be complete without the touch of love and knowledge cannot be effective without the touch of power. If somebody who has not restrained his vital and cultivated inner power that knowledge is ineffective. It's like dry bones, dead tissue. It cannot move anyone, cannot inspire, cannot, as you know, Shruti says, wake up and shake up. It should carry, you know, you, you, the vital must have enough power to let this knowledge become effective in the world. And of course, this knowledge would be perfectly unappealing if it is not suffused with the glow of beauty, beauty of form. Beauty of expression, at all layers, beauty. So she gave this wonderful mantra for the mind, knowledge, for the heart, love, for the vital power, for the body, beauty, for the form, all, all form in every sense, body, is not just the physical body, every aspect, every gesture, posture, probably that's what was meant in ancient time when we said, achar, vichar, vevar, everything, you know, achar referred to your external things. Even when we say namaste, we can do like this, we can do like this, we can say hi. So, you know, (laughs) as if my hand is going somewhere, I am brushing off the person. It's okay, nothing. But, you know, why not then align everything, the outer and the inner, together and weave them all into a single harmonious whole, so that our life can become a bouquet of a variety of flowers offered at the feet of the divine. I'll stop here. Uh, any questions, we can have 5-10 minutes. I thought of reading lines from Savitri, but they'll take too long. So if there's some questions, we can take it Do you think we can have one? We can finish five minutes. Then I'll rush to my recharge my psychic food. <laughs> <laughs> to the ashram. <laughs> uh, anything. If there are no questions, yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the pressure of the new consciousness, exactly. Process of discovery, that, that's a good sign. That means they are changing and growing fast. If if when we look back five years later down our life and we feel I'm the same stupid fellow as I was five years back, then I have not progressed. <laughs> you see, I get your drift, see adolescence is the time when we are navigating through the vital. So it's but natural that they will take a fancy to something and give them to something else. It's a process of growth. Nothing wrong in exploring, nothing wrong even in trying out different things. Nothing wrong even taking a break. See ultimately what is more important is being than doing. You must know the difference between the two. So through all this they are discovering themselves. Maybe they are multitaskers. maybe they are different dimensions. The poet inside me wants to be a poet. The healer inside me wants to be a doctor. The, you know, athlete inside me, you know, wants to be a runner, all these things, why not? I mean, at least uh, I think many colleges now offer this kind of, I mean, I grew up in AFMC where we had all these activities, dramatics and sports and studies and we took part in, many of us took part in all of them and there was a joy in it. So sometimes uh, what happens very early when we give a career choice, then this problem comes. Because we start putting a pressure as parents, 15, 16. Here in ashram school, you know, uh, children till they are even in knowledge finally, they don't know. If you ask them what do you want, I'll oh, see. correct? Right? <laughs> Many will, you know, they, they, they don't know, which is a good sign. Then they come out, they will try something. Then eventually, ultimately, they will hit the jackpot. So, life is about approximations till you find the final destination. This idea that, you know, we must be sure of everything at 21 is not correct. Because uh, it means we are already Siddhas, we are not. We are explorers. See, from the time man first landed on this globe, from wherever, he has been an explorer, a nomad, who is seeking, seeking, seeking. It is the sign of our... Manhood that we are seeking. Nothing wrong if all our life we are trying different things. See, there has to be totally unconventional mindset. We get worried because we want, uh, oh, how the livelihood, all this. But we must uh, look out and look at this variety, infinite variety of creatures. Who are looked after by some, uh, you know, universal nature or call it universal mother. Who takes care of all of them. Surely there is a place for us. And there is a means for us, and we should build this trust into them, that you will be looked after. Problem is not of looking after, problem is of lot more than looking after. That becomes a problem. And the moment we get into the groove of how much money, then we are finished. Ambition and money are, as Mother says, abysses. They are straight roads to falsehood. grief for money and ambition means finished. These are the things which distort the true blossoming of personality. Look at you know people. I mean, soldier who dies on forefront nowadays so much talk. What money does he get? Nothing. pittance. You'll be surprised if you know you know how much money he gets. Why does he do it? There are some who will not exchange their life for uh, anything else. I mean. I've been in Air force today, if these, God forbid, they won't be, I know, I'm sure. But if there is uh, a China war, I would like to enroll myself. There's a joy in that, because, you know, it expresses some aspect of your personality. But we start bringing the idea of job and money and position. These are the falsehoods that distort them. Let them explode. Nothing wrong. Don't worry. 21, 25, 30 and see, many of these western countries, something very nice that even at 40 you can go to medical school. It's very good, why not? I mean, discover you are a healer and you want to. So we have to change and society must reorganize itself to align itself to something truer and deeper. Absolutely, you must meet. (laughs) I know, I know. That's why I said it's a leap of trust because since childhood these thoughts are filled into us. That's because of India's immediate past, because you know slavery and money issues. And but this generation is relatively free from that. Otherwise, in India, Indian context that insecurity has been instilled because most of our parents, their grandparents, they, they you know, in the British start they did not, really could not uh, do well, they were not allowed to do well. So this idea that, you know, we must have some clerical job or this and, you know, if we have to earn money we have to labor, all this has gone inside. But it's in just a question of a generation or so it will go away. It's already going. Uh, I, I am, um, uh, I mean your husband is there yeah, so I am hesitating but <laughs> see how diplomatically but well if you feel like changing change and see that's joy in it I mean it's wonderful to change why not change is the law of evolution change is the law of this earth often people say change is bad you know anitya but actually it's very good change means well there is a hope for me a stupid fellow can change, like Kalidas, you know, from being stupid to change into intelligent. Change means my husband can change, he can become more loving and caring. Change is wonderful. We must embrace change. should not be afraid of change. And the sense of security will only come from trust. Nothing else. It's a leap of faith. No external things can give us security because we don't know what's going to happen the next moment. People come to me and, you know, they say, you, um, doctor, ye test karna. You know, we want to get all these lab tests done. Often I say, okay, I mean, (laughs) we are busy, just sometimes I say, why do you want to get it done? No, just to see if everything is fine. I said, look, uh, you can get it done sometimes just to stimulate thought. But it's no guarantee that after 15 days, you're not going to have some problem in your blood. (laughs) I mean, it's a fact. I've seen people who have walked out of a cardiologist's chamber and top cardiologist here in Pondicherry. I've seen, you have a heart of a young fellow. Based on what? Some t- TMT test and all this. In one week, time after a week, the person collapsed and died. But see, this fear. Fear, basically. And that's why the mother repeatedly says, the worst impurity is fear. We are